Good morning. Wow, it's so good to see everybody this morning. <clears throat> My name is Kristen Sauerbrei, and I have been on staff here at Orchard for about three months now, and I'm both part of the communications team and the college young adult team um, that helps with BASIC, and it's so good to be on staff. I am no stranger to Orchard, though, as I attended UNI in college and regularly attended Sunday mornings here at Orchard, as well as, well as BASIC every week. The last six years, I have worked in full-time ministry with kids and junior high students and young adults, and again, it is now such an honor to be here at Orchard. And so this morning, we are finishing up our four-week series called What is the Church? Where we have been exploring the questions of what is the church and why do we do it? And so today, we are going to talk about how God designed the church to be an authentic community. And so when you hear the word authentic, what comes to mind? Maybe it's like really good street tacos from your favorite authentic Mexican restaurant. Or maybe it's vintage furniture or authentic pieces of art in a museum. We often use the word authentic to describe things that are genuine or real. But this morning when we use the word, this word to describe in a community, Brene Brown says this, Authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. And so earlier this fall, I was hosting a college and young adult life group at my house. And this group, we meet every single Tuesday to have conversations, study the Bible, and just hang out together. And on this one particular Tuesday, I decided to make frozen pizza for the 12 young adults who were coming over. Seems easy, right? I mean, who can mess up frozen pizza? So I put the pizza right on the rack, and I set the timer as the young adults started heading down to the basement. And once the timer went off, I went to take the pizza off the rack, and I don't even understand how this happened, but the pizza slid off the rack and into the oven. And yes, it started on fire, but instead of taking the pizza out of the oven, like a normal person, I immediately yelled, help, the pizza's on fire. And then I took this picture. And it's kind of hard to see, but the pizza is on fire, and most of the pizza was engulfed in flames uh, before this picture was taken. And so I took this picture, and I'm well aware that there was an active fire in my house, and in that moment, I made the choice to take a picture instead. <laughs> and I know this is completely ridiculous, but have no fear because Alyssa, who just happens to be the basic intern, came up from the basement and saved the day by grabbing a pair of tongs and taking the pizza out of the oven. And then the whole life group came up from the basement and we took this picture. And we laughed really hard about what had happened. And then we ate the entire pizza. It was a win, it was so fun. And after these young adults, Went home that night, I thought about what a coworker shared with me about a year ago when I found myself asking a lot of questions about the church. My coworker told me, Kristen, every Tuesday night, you have church in your basement. It's church. And he's right. It's church because on Tuesday nights, this group gathers for the purpose of fixing our eyes on Jesus, and we choose authentic community. We choose to show up and be real. We choose to be honest. 
And we choose to let our true selves be seen, even if that means revealing the fact that I am the world's worst cook and I will burn popcorn and pizza every time. There's no way around it. And this group, it's not easy. It's not perfect. Often it's hard work. It's risky. And it's so rewarding. And I could tell you story after story of the kindness I notice when Izzy ensures that every person in the group is seen and heard. Or the joy that we experienced together when we decorated my house for Christmas a few weeks ago. Or the peace that exists when someone shares honestly in the group and then the room echoes, me too. Church is designed to be an authentic community, but the truth is this can be easy to miss because the church can also be a lot of other things. In fact, as we walk in these doors this morning, we all find ourselves in very different places when it comes to the question, what is the church? For some of us, the church is a building that we show up to just because it's what we do every Sunday. For some of us, the church is a place where we come and we can take a deep breath. For some of us, the church is where we found joy as we celebrate weddings or baptisms or graduations. For some of us, the church is where we have found great comfort in the middle of grieving a loved one. For some of us, we have been hurt by the church and we need the gentle reminder that the church is not God. For some of us, we are afraid of the future of the church. And for some of us, we have great hope for the future of the church. And for many of us, myself included, we need to be reminded of what the church is. And so where have you found yourself, maybe in the last month, if you've joined us as we've talked through this series? But specifically, where do you find yourself today, this morning? Because in the last year, I have found myself in all of those places, and I need to be reminded of what the church is, because I am afraid for the future of the church, and yet I have great hope for the future of the church. And speaking of the future of the church, through my work with BASIC, our college and young adult ministry, I get the privilege of having a front row seat to this next generation of the church. And it's so amazing to see their deep, deep love for Jesus and their deep love for people. And so let me just share with you a little bit about Generation Z, specifically the current 17 through 24-year-olds. This generation is marked by entering the world around 9-11, the 2008 recession, growing up with immediate access to the internet, a global pandemic, school shootings, racial injustices, and a rise in mental health concerns, and more. And this generation is also known for their deep desire for authenticity, transparency, and advocacy. And we can't pretend that this hasn't impacted their view or their perspective of the church. So I wanna take a moment to talk to the 12 through 25 year olds in the room. So if you're a 12 through 25, I want you to know that I see you and I'm really glad you're here. And it's a really big deal that you chose to show up this morning because you are a crucial part of the church, of this church, and we're better because you're here. It's true, and this year I have spent a lot of time asking young adults, what is the church? And here is a collection of their responses. They said church is community, a gathering place, and encouragement. Church is not a building, it is the body for Christ. Church is a release, a reminder, 
a healing place and a safe place to explore. Church is a place for anyone to be involved in something greater than themselves. Church is a group of people who can encourage each other, a safe place for the brokenhearted to find God's love. Church is a dedicated space to focus on God. And these responses are encouraging, like, like we're doing the thing, church, we're doing it. But here are some more responses that, for me, are a little more heartbreaking. Young adults have said, church is complicated. Church is hurt and anxiety and has become going through the motions. Church is exclusive and not welcoming. Church is distant and not comfortable. Church, church is a chore. Church is a home, but sometimes a click. Church is anger, heartbreak, deconstructing. Church is organized religion. And church is judgment and home. I know, confusing. That was someone's response. Church is judgment and home. I know, confusing. I feel that too. And I share these responses with you this morning because as Tim has said a couple times, our mission here at Orchard is helping next generations encounter and follow Jesus to bless a broken world. So it's so important that we are actively listening to this next generation. But I also share these responses with you this morning because it's the reality that we all live in. Church is confusing. It can be so beautiful and so hard all at the same time. And the truth is, this isn't a new phenomenon. Today, we're going to spend time talking about the early church in Acts 2. And it's easy to think that the early church, the first church, was perfect and that we've been the ones to mess it up over all these years. But that's not true. Church has always been confusing, and it's always been complex. Because church is people, and people are broken, and yet the church still survived, and it still matters amidst the mess. And I desperately needed this uh, reminder a couple weeks ago at a coffee shop with a friend. And I wonder if you need this reminder too. Because the reality is, it isn't just the next generation who is experiencing the confusion and complexity and hope and beauty of the church but it's all of us. We're all navigating the reality of church today. And so this morning, we're gonna focus on the early church because in the midst of their own human brokenness, cultural tensions, and world events, we read how they were an authentic community. An authentic community who chose to gather because of Jesus. And this community serves as a reminder of what church can look like for us today. And so at the beginning of Acts 2, we find Jesus' apostles and many of Jesus' first followers all gathered together in one place. And this was after Jesus had died, rose again, and now Jesus has left earth and ascended into heaven. And remember, it was Jesus. Jesus, their teacher, who they came to know as their Messiah. The one they left everything for, the one they banked all their hopes on, this Jesus, gone. And it was Jesus who was the perfect, unerring example of what church looked like. He's gone. And I can only imagine the confusion and uncertainty the apostles experienced as they were now alone, without Jesus. I can almost picture them like looking at each other, wide-eyed, shrugging their shoulders, and saying, what do we do now? What does life look like now without Jesus? And what we do know is the disciples, in that moment, shows 
to gather in one place. They chose to be together. When everything felt uncertain, they made the choice to be together. And so we read about this gathering starting in Acts 2, verse 1. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. And so the apostles, the first followers of Jesus, are gathered together and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus left, that means that God is no longer walking with the apostles through God's Son, but instead, in all of God's power and kindness, God now lives within them through the Holy Spirit. And this is still true for us today, that the Holy Spirit living within you and living within me changes everything. And the Holy Spirit means that we no longer have to go to a temple to encounter the living God, but instead, the living God fills our very beings. The living God now lives in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies. And the Holy Spirit isn't just present with us, but it's clear in the scripture we just read, and as we continue to read, that the Holy Spirit is active. In the early church and today, the Holy Spirit was and is moving and speaking and transforming people who then go out to transform their communities and their world. And so today, in November of 2023, how do we know the Holy Spirit is active? How do we know the Holy Spirit is active in our own lives, in our community, here at Orchard? Is it just because our music is good or the food is delicious or we have a loud gathering. Earlier this fall, I went to an Iowa football game, and let me tell you something. The marching band, the best part, you can argue with me later. The food, delicious, and the Iowa fans definitely know how to be loud, right? So music, food, loudness, is that how we know how the Holy Spirit is active? Scripture actually shows us different ways that the Holy Spirit is active. Galatians 5, through 23 says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so we know the Holy Spirit is active when we see this fruit in our lives. This is how we know the Holy Spirit is active. So how do we know Okay, this sounds good, but how do we know that the Holy Spirit is active within this authentic community that we call church? Let me give you some examples. One place I see the Holy Spirit is active is on Thursday afternoons right here in these hallways at Orchard Hill. You see around 3 p.m. every Thursday, a group of young adults, Liz and Lainey and Izzy and Gibbs and Alyssa and Max and Katie, they faithfully show up at 3 p.m. Basic doesn't start till 7.30, okay? They come at 3 p.m. and they faithfully serve and help us set up for basic. But they also spread a whole lot of joy throughout these hallways as they are so encouraging to everyone and anyone they come in contact with as they bounce from office to office to office, encouraging the staff. I also know the Holy Spirit is active when I hear stories from TriPi or Habitat for Humanity, humbly serving those in our community with incredible peace and patience and love and goodness. 
And so where do you see the fruits of the Spirit in your own community? Maybe at work or in your family, but also right here at Orchard. And I know for me, sometimes it can be really hard for us to answer these questions ourselves. It's so hard for me. But the truth is I need people to help me see and celebrate the fruit of the Spirit in my own life. I need people who I can honestly ask, where do you see God's goodness? Where do you see God's patience? What about his peace? We need people who we can honestly ask and who will honestly remind us of how the Holy Spirit is active in our ordinary lives and also within the church. We need an authentic community that not only helps us notice and acknowledge the fruit of the Spirit, but the truth is, we need an authentic community that lives out and is characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. And this is what the early church was, an authentic community that was characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. And so Acts 2, 42 through 47 shows us what this looked like. It says, every believer was faithfully devoted to the following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. And so this... This is the church, and I like to picture myself here. So imagine with me, imagine what it would have been like to have been part of this church. Imagine generations of families gathered together, spending their days cooking and eating and learning and praying. Imagine the conversations that they had to have about what it looked like to really take care of the people around them. Imagine the tension and the confusion within this community as they navigated how to do life together with people that were different from them. Imagine this church gathering to sing of God's promises and faithfulness just like we gathered this morning. Imagine how together this group of people saw the Holy Spirit being active through the fruit, the faithfulness, goodness, joy, gentleness. This church was an authentic community that was characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. And remember, we defined authenticity as a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. And so do you notice how the early church invested in this type of community? They made the choice to show up faithfully, They regularly ate together, prayed together, celebrated together. They did life together. And they were not only Jews and Gentiles, but they were diverse cultures and communities and traditions all gathered together in the name of Jesus. And this was their calling then, just like it is ours today. And just like it is today, I'm sure it required a lot of honesty and gentleness and kindness 
and a whole lot of patience. This church also had to trust in one another to let their true selves be seen as they vulnerably shared their needs with each other. And they responded to those needs by sacrificially sharing everything that they had. The early church understood authentic community, not just as an ideal, but as a choice to do life together. And I'm sure it was hard work and it wasn't perfect. It had to be faithfully chosen day after day after day, but each day they saw more and more of the fruit of the Spirit. And so the early church was an authentic community, and they invested in this community by noticing and living out the fruit of the Spirit. And this was God's design for the church then, and it's God's design for the church today. And so what about today? What might it look like for us to invest in authentic community that is characterized by the fruit of the Spirit? Knowing these things, that it's not going to be perfect, it's not going to be easy, it's going to require hard work and faithfulness. Knowing that church is risky. It's risky to invest in church because someone we trust might hurt us because they're human, and because we're human, we might hurt others too. And church also requires that when we do mess up and hurt one another, that we acknowledge that hurt, we feel and we grieve that hurt together, and we offer one another the gift of our forgiveness and our trust. But it's worth it. It's worth investing in authentic community. It's worth investing in church, because when we choose to show up and be real and do life together, when we choose to be honest when we choose to let our true selves be seen and we allow the same thing to be true for those around us, we will see the Holy Spirit move in ways that we never could have imagined. And so God designed community, yes, as a place to belong and God designed community to change the trajectory of people's lives. Authentic community is an anchor that carries people so that when the bottom falls out of your life, you know to run to God and to run to your community. Authentic community is one of the primary ways that God draws people to himself. And so again, what might it look like for us or for you to invest in an authentic community that is characterized by the fruit of the Spirit? For me right now, yes, it looks like hosting a life group in my basement every Tuesday and being part of a small group or a serving team is one way to see the Holy Spirit actively at work. But also for me, it looks like choosing to do life with people. And most honestly, not necessarily the people I would expect to do life with, but people who choose to celebrate holidays together and who play fantasy football together, people who let me be part of their kids' lives, people who I'm learning to be really, really honest with, and only recently, like within the last month, have my eyes been opened to the joy and goodness that I experience because it's these people that God has given me to share life with. So maybe for you in this season of your life, investing in authentic community looks like investing in your family or your kids or the people you live with or your coworkers, intentionally choosing to show up and be honest while sitting at the dining room table or in the car together, Letting your people really see you and choosing to really see them and then noticing how the fruits of the Spirit are at work around you and within you. 
And we do our best here at Orchard to create space for you to do this right here at this church. And so maybe a next step for you looks like investing in another group of people through a small group or going to men's breakfast or volunteering at Christmas in Walnut or doing a habitat build. There's lots of opportunities for us to do life with people here at Orchard. But here's the deal. The amazing thing is we are already doing it. We are already investing in authentic community by simply being here today. When we choose to show up on a Sunday morning, we're not just attending an event, we're fulfilling our spiritual to-do list. We're holding space to slow down in the midst of a busy week, fix our eyes on Jesus, and remember that we're not alone as we gather together as one. And the Holy Spirit uses this time, this hour, in ways that we can't see, in ways that we can see. And so I know when I make the choice to come to church on a Sunday morning and I engage, I walk out feeling differently. Do you notice that too? When I walk away from this church, I walk away with a little more strength, a little more peace, a little reminder that I'm not alone and that's what I carry with me into the rest of my week. It matters when we invest in authentic community here at Orchard Hill Church. And simply, similarly, similarly, when you choose to support each other by showing up to a baptism or a wedding or a grad party or a funeral, these important events bind us together just like it did the early church, and we're better because of it. And so, yes, church is confusing and complex. It's not easy. It's not perfect. Often it's hard work and it's risky, and yet it's so rewarding. So church, let's keep showing up because it matters. And as we continue to show up and invest in this community and the community around us and our personal lives here at Orchard, let's keep our eyes open to notice the Spirit at work. And as we notice the Holy Spirit at work in this community and other communities around us, let's be part of what God designed the church to be, an authentic community characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us right now. Holy Spirit, just like you were with the first church thousands of years ago, that same spirit lives within us today. God, so I just pray that you would open our eyes, help us notice the spirit around us, within us, within our families, within this community. God, open our eyes to the fruit, to the goodness, to the peace, to the love, to the joy that exists right now here today in this body that we call the church. Help us sing of those promises together. In your holy name, amen.